Chapter 4 of Helen Lester. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amy Shanahan. Helen Lester by Pansy. Chapter 4 A Happy Day. Sabbath morning seemed more bright and beautiful to Helen than any day had ever been before. Her heart was very light and happy. She felt full of love. She looked forward to going to church with a new, strange feeling. She was going to hear about the Savior, whom she had so lately learned to love. How strange it seemed that she had never loved him before. She was dressed for church and downstairs before any of the others. Cleveland's carriage stood at the door. Her heart bounded with delight when she saw it. He was going to take her with him. How very glad she was. But Helen was mistaken. Cleveland came down in a few moments, ready for church, but he only smiled on her and said not a word to her about riding. And when his father impatiently inquired for Cornelia, saying that some of them were always late, Cleveland said, don't wait, Father. Cornelia is going with me. Helen's heart swelled and the tears came to her eyes as her father lifted her into the family carriage. It was so very hard, she said to herself, that Cleveland should not have taken her with him today. He might have known that she wanted, yes, really needed him. Why must he have gone in his own carriage at all? There was plenty of room in the large one, yes. Helen had almost had a real fit of sulks over her ill-treatment, but she struggled hard and, at last, succeeded in wearing a pleasant face, and that same face was perfectly radiant when, two hours after, Cleveland whispered to her in the hall, "'Would you like to stay with me to Sabbath school, little Nellie?' This, then, was why he had come to church in his own carriage. Helen had never felt quite so happy as when seated in her old class beside her old teacher. She heard her brother say that he would bring her every Sabbath while he was at home, if she wished to come. Oh, it was all so pleasant. To be sure, she did not know the lesson, and she began to see that she knew much less about the Bible than the rest of the class, but she said to herself that she would study very hard. After the lessons were recited and the superintendent had rung his bell to call them to order, Helen, with a glow of delight, saw her brother go forward to speak to the children. Just a few earnest words he said that they could all remember. But one thing set Helen in a tremor. He told them he knew a little girl who hoped she had given her heart to Jesus, and he believed that God would give her something to do in that Sabbath school that he would help her to lead some of her young friends to the Savior. Can he mean me? thought Helen. Can he possibly mean me? Oh, I wonder if I can. Oh, I can't do anything for Jesus. I don't know how. And yet, perhaps I can. He will help me. And Helen's face was lighted up with a new joy. Altogether, it was the happiest day she had ever spent, and she told her brother so, just as he turned his horses into the long, elm-lined carriage road that led to her father's door. He smiled quietly, said he was glad then, after a moment's silence, added thoughtfully, 
Little Nellie, you must not think you are never to have any trouble. You will find some very hard things to do. Helen wondered what they could be. Oh, dear me, said little Eddie Lester to himself with a sigh. I wish Sundays didn't come so often. Papa reads and Mama goes to sleep and Louise don't play and everybody is cross. And poor little Eddie walked back and forth on the long piazza, looking very sad indeed. Two people heard this little talk that Eddie thought was all to himself. Helen, in her room just above, where she sat in her little rocking chair by the window, with her new Sabbath school book in her hand. It was a long, long time since she had had a Sabbath school book of her own to read, and this was such a beautiful one about Jessie's work. She had read only a little way in it, just far enough to begin to love Jessie very much. But Helen heard Eddie's sad complaint and looked up from her book. Should she go and amuse him, tell him a pretty story? She didn't know any. Yes, she did. The lesson that very morning had been about Joseph. She could tell him that. I want to read, said Helen. Eddie is such a dear little brother, said Conscience. And the end of it all was that she put away her book and went downstairs. Cleveland, in the library, heard the tired little boy talking to himself and had carefully replaced the handsome bookmark in his Bible as he arose to go to him, but he sat down again when he heard Helen's gentle question. Eddie, do you want sister to tell you a story? She told him the story of Joseph, made fresh in her mind by the morning lesson, and told it well. Eddie listened with his eyes very large and earnest, listened eagerly without many interruptions until she came to the part in which Joseph received and was kind to his brothers, and then he clapped his hands for joy. That's good, he said. That's splendid. I'm so glad he wasn't ugly to them. I was afraid he would let them starve. I should have done it, though, said Fred, who had come out on the piazza and heard the last of the story. I'd never have given them a morsel to eat. Oh, Fred, they were his own brothers. What of it? He was their own brother, too, when they sold him. He ought to have paid them off. Do unto others as you would have them to you, Fred. It was not Helen who said this, nor little Eddie, but their brother Cleveland, who appeared in the door just at that moment and laid his hand kindly on Fred's shoulder as he spoke. That isn't the rule people go by anyhow, said Fred shortly. Not all people, replied his brother, but it is God's rule. And he sat down beside Helen and lifted little Eddie to a seat on his knee. The little boy reached after a gilt edge, which he saw in his brother's pocket. Oh, what a little cunning book! Read me a story out of it, Cleveland. Cleveland drew out his little pocket Bible. It's a Bible, Eddie. Do you want to have a verse out of it for yours? And opening it, he started slightly as his eyes rested first on the verse. Look not upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself all right. At last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. He read it slowly and earnestly. What can it mean, Cleveland? It means, said his brother gravely, that God says we must not drink wine, no, not even taste it, 
and that if we do, it will some day hurt us more than if a serpent should bite us. Why, Cleveland, Papa and Mama and Fred and all of us drink wine. Many persons do not think it wrong, Eddie. They think this verse means that people must not drink too much wine. And do you think it means not drink it at all? asked Helen. Certainly I do. It speaks plainly in another verse. Touch not, taste not, handle not. But Cleveland, what harm can it do to drink just a little? In the first place, my dear Nellie, no one can be sure that he can control himself. Many persons have commenced with just a little, who have died drunkards. Besides, if one person can drink it without becoming a drunkard, he ought not to set the example for hundreds who cannot. And a greater reason than either of these is, because God has forbidden it. Humph, said Fred, turning on his heel and walking off with a very soft whistle. Teach it to me, said Eddie. Do, Cleveland, please. I'll have a verse of my own. And by the time he had succeeded in learning it perfectly, the dinner bell rang. As they went through the hall, Cleveland said softly, You have made your first sacrifice for Christ, Nellie. Helen looked up wonderingly. How did you know, Cleveland? I saw a very pretty Sabbath school book walk upstairs, he answered, smiling fondly on her. Helen's father and mother were like a great many fashionable people who live in the city. They had wine on the table every day at dinner, and all the family drank of it. Cleveland saw with deep pain that Fred drank as much and liked it better than his father did, and even little Eddie sipped from his mama's glass as freely as the rest. Cleveland had thought and prayed about this a great deal. He believed that the Bible rule was the only true one, and he was full of sorrow on Fred's account so that so young a boy was so surely being led into temptation. He looked up quickly and met his brother's eye as the wine was passed. Fred colored but raised his glass to his lips. No, Mama, no, I don't want a bit, exclaimed Eddie as his Mama was helping him to some. Papa, you mustn't drink that. Mr. Lester set down his glass suddenly and looked at his little boy. What is the matter, Eddie? What do you mean? Oh, Papa, it says in the Bible it will bite like a serpent. I learned the verse, and it's all about wine. Mr. Lester looked vexed, and as he raised his glass again, he said, Don't make a fanatic of him, Cleveland. Cleveland's voice was very respectful as he answered gently. He is not repeating my words, Father. Helen drank no wine that day. End of chapter 4